what I guess is going to be called Dan Benjamin Live. Why not? We'll call it that. We can call it whatever we want, right? I did a little poll yesterday, and I said, what should we call the show? And I, um, let me look on Twitter here, and I'll, I'll tell you. It was um, very much in favor of, uh, of leaving this little show called Dan Benjamin Live. And I said, well, wait a second. I mean, I've got, uh, I've got a show called The Dan Benjamin Show, and I've got all this other stuff. Are you sure? And people said, we're sure. We like Dan Benjamin Live. We want to keep calling it that forever and ever and ever. I said, okay, well, I guess uh, I guess I guess I'll have to trust you. You're my you're my listeners and my viewers. Sorry, I'm uh, scrolling and scrolling. I thought that it uh, the little um, poll. There's the poll. So I had suggested things like happening now in other news, better than coffee. You know, uh, Dan Benjamin live. What I'd like to call it is actually taken by another show who happens to be by a friend of mine. So I'm not going to, you know, get in a war, especially because it's theirs. It's theirs. It's not mine. It's theirs. So what can I do but tell you about the news and tell you what's going on in the world uh, today? The big thing, the big piece of news that I'm sure you all have seen is that Salesforce is acquiring Slack for $27.7 billion. That's billion with a B. That's a lot of money. I know someone who works at Slack and I was talking to them last night and I said, so are you like super rich now? And they said, I'm, I'm doing okay. Uh, pretty much everybody there uh, is, is making out really, really well. So it's good for them. And of course, the concern is that Salesforce will destroy Slack. And I don't think that that's very likely. I think it's, in fact, it's very unlikely uh, that um, that Salesforce will destroy Slack. I just don't think that that's possible. And I'll tell you why. They have acquired other things before. Uh, for example, Heroku. And they did not destroy Heroku. In fact, Heroku uh, seems to be doing just fine. Okay, so that did that tweet work? It did work. It did work. Okay. So thanks to Stream Deck for tweeting for me. Anyway, um, they left Heroku alone and Heroku seems fine so far. So maybe Slack will be fine. I don't know. Uh, but a lot of people use Slack and love it, especially during COVID-19. It's become a really big thing, a very helpful, useful uh, thing. So Good, good for them. Good for them. Okay, here's a little bit of uh, infre- interesting information, I thought. We've heard about how Wonder Woman 1984, which is the name of the film, will be the first title that HBO, uh, you've heard it's coming into HBO Max, so it's going to be the first one that they stream in 4K. It will have full support for Dolby, Vision, and Atmos, which is pretty cool. I mean, Wonder Woman 1984 looks like a really cool film. It's coming out on Christmas Day. I think there are a ton of people who will be getting HBO Max just for this, just for the kind of content that they're coming out with. Probably me on that list of people. But Warner Media announced that it will stream on HBO Max in 4K. It says the film will also support, depending on what your setup is capable of, this is an article on The Verge, Dolby Vision, Dolby Atmos, HDR10, whatever that one is. The 4K stream will be available on Apple TV 4K, Amazon Fire TV Stick 4K, Amazon Fire TV Cube, 
4K, Fire TV, Edition Smart TVs, Chromecast Ultra, AT&T TV, and supported Andrew TV devices. What's missing? Can you think of what it is that's missing? Roku. That's right. Uh, HBO Max is unavailable on Roku's platform. They are unable to reach a deal that will put it there. HBO Max is available, though, on Xbox, on PlayStation, but 4K will not make it to those platforms, and we don't know. I don't know why, but it won't. So that's it. So looks pretty cool. I'm excited to watch that movie, maybe on Christmas Day. Why not? Um, let's let's talk about cannabis again, because it's, it's cannabis time. Well... Maybe if it's 420, the United Nations has reclassified cannabis as a less dangerous drug. The commission has voted to remove marijuana, so-called marijuana, uh, for medical use from a list of most risky narcotics such as heroin. Wait a second. You're telling me that weed shouldn't be classified the same way that heroin and uh, morphine and meth and uh, oxy-kitten are, it's different. You're saying it's different? You've got to be kidding me. Well, anyway, they say that the vote was a big step forward, recognizing the positive impact of cannabis on patients. This is said by <laughs> Dirk Heiteprim, Vice President at Canopy Growth, a, cannabis, a Canadian cannabis company. We hope this will empower more countries to create frameworks which allow patients in need to get treatment. And they talk about CBD, but it was passed 27 to 25. So it was a close vote, kids, a close vote. Uh, Ukraine was the one that didn't really like it. United States and European nations were among those who voted in favor, while the likes of China, Egypt, Nigeria, Pakistan, and Russia were opposed. Don't let them have medical marijuana. It's too much like heroin. It's going to kill people like heroin does. Spotify claims that they are dominating the podcasting market because of a million dollar plus, a million, not dollar, <laughs> a million plus tiny podcasts. They're basically saying that the reason that they dominate podcasting, which is debatable, is because they have Anchor. They bought Anchor and Anchor has so many shitty shows on it pardon my French, that uh, somehow they claim that this is how, um, how, they are <laughs> uh, how they are dominating because Anchor has 40,000 shows on it. Um, so therefore, they're dominating the podcast industry because they have 40,000 crappy free shows from Anchor. That's why they're dominating. Anchor powers 70% of Spotify's total podcast catalog, 1.3 million out of over 1.9 million shows. Most of them are Anchor shows. Now, am I hurting Fireside's chances of maybe getting acquired by Spotify by saying that the shows, uh, free shows on Anchor are crappy? Uh, maybe, but I'm being honest. Um, that's not all. Not all shows on Anchor are crappy. There are some good ones, but there are a handful of them, a lot of them, that are just not. I believe, and have always believed, since I started doing anything, but since I started podcasting back in 2006, 
Uh, I have always believed that if you're going to do something, you should do it right. I also have the philosophy that you get what you pay for. And so if you, uh, if you pay nothing, maybe you get nothing or you don't get something great. I believe that you should pay for the things that are good and that you use. And if you don't, then who is the customer? Uh, who is the commodity? Uh, you become the thing that gets sold. Everyone knows this nowadays. But there are people who just refuse to uh, want to pay for something. They think it should be free. And now they have Anchor and they can do it. They can do it for free. And now Anchor is why Spotify is dominating the podcast space. Okay, this uh, I'll come back to that in a second because I want to I want to talk a little about podcasting in general these days. It's so interesting to see what's happening in the podcast space. Basically, be exactly what I was saying that it was years ago on Podcast Method when I started that show many years ago. I said, you are going to see the entire podcasting industry uh, change. It's going to be taken over by media people, by people in Hollywood, by big businesses, and look at what's happened. Of course, I was not the only person saying it, but I said it. I made this prediction, and it was 100% true. I even gave you the time frame of when it was going to happen, and I would say things like, it's going to be impossible for you as an independent podcaster to compete with all of these ginormous big shows that are run by people who have years and years and years of television and radio programming and things like that. It's going to be impossible for you to compete with them for advertising money. So that's why it's so important that we have independent ways of uh, of getting shows out there, like what Adam Curry, my friend uh, Adam Curry is doing with podcastindex.org. Um, coming up with that index and all those supporting features around it. And that's why I've tried so hard to integrate those things into Fireside. Uh, I just really think that's important. I think podcasting, what makes podcasting so special and good is that it is so fully independent. It is something that is completely independent and separate and cannot be controlled by corporations, which is exactly what Spotify wants to do. Now, I'll tell you what, if Spotify came to me and said, Dan, we want to acquire Fireside, uh, I would say no. But if they said, we want to acquire Fireside because we want to do more to uh, support independent podcasters, and we know that's your focus, and we want you to take a role here where that becomes our priority. We've got it wrong. We're doing it wrong, and we need help to do it right. Then let's talk. But what Spotify has been doing so far is they're just trying to turn it into something like radio, but radio that they control. If you think about the uh, profit margins for Spotify, if what Spotify is doing is just streaming music, they're very low. The profit margins are low and artists don't make much money doing it. But, and I used to say this on podcast method all the time, uh, the cost for them to get podcasts there is nothing. Podcasters like me are doing this essentially for free. We might get ad money, but we're putting it out there for free. And it doesn't matter whether my show is played once or a billion times, I'll make the same amount of money. In this case, nothing unless you were to visit a sponsor and I have no sponsors on this show right now. So it doesn't cost them any money to let you stream those podcasts. But how do they get you to use Spotify? And I said this years ago on Podcast Method, years ago. I told you what their whole strategy and their whole plan would be. I said that they're going to try and get as much unique custom content as they can. 
and they're going to sandbox it, and they're going to try to make it so that the only way you can get the really good content is to be a subscriber. And then, of course, you'll use their app to listen to all your podcasts because they are going to have the content that you're already paying for. So why would you listen to the free content in app A if you could use it, if you could already get it right there in Spotify? It's already there, so we'll just use that. And that's exactly what's happened. Everyone who paid attention in this industry could see it and know that it was happening. Is it bad? Yes, and I'll tell you why it is bad. It's fine if you want to make money. I think it's great if you want to make money doing something like podcasting. If you're good at it and you enjoy it, you should definitely get compensated for it. But the idea that a media company that has nothing to do with you as a podcaster, as talent, and has absolutely nothing to do with you and your show. Think about it. Look at the Joe Rogan situation. What does Spotify have to do with Joe Rogan? Nothing. They have just given him a lot of money so that the only way that you can get his content is through their service. Is that bad? Eh, No, not necessarily. It's not bad. But it certainly doesn't help the podcast industry as a whole. It doesn't help independent podcasters. It says your path to success in podcasting is only going to happen if you are able to get on one of these services like Spotify as exclusive content and make money. And that's not true. There are tons of other ways for podcasters to make money. There are tons of other ways for podcasters to do things. Now, if I had, if, if Spotify were to call me today and say, Hey Dan, uh, you know, we want Dan Benjamin live as your audience is forcing you to call it to be uh, an Spotify exclusive show. I would say, well, what's in it for me? And they'd say, well, about a million dollars a year. I'd say, okay, I guess I'm going to do it. Like, of course, who's not going to do that? For that kind of money, they would never pay me a million dollars for this show. It would be worth 50 million, of course. But if they were going to, at some point, everybody has a price. And they obviously hit Joe Rogan's. They said he's enough for him to say, yeah, I'll do it. Um, but that's, that's not what we wanted to happen with podcasting, really. We wanted it to be independent. We wanted it to be free. We've already got radio as screwed up as that is. Some people in the chat room have said, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you? Uh, say maybe, uh, maybe, oh, uh, Ivan is talking about Anchor. Maybe because how easy it is to record something and drop it on Anchor. It's very easy. Uh, there's an iPhone app and you talk into it and then you've published your show. But who wants to listen to that? That's the thing. It's not like TikTok or Reels or Instagram stories where Uh, it's designed to be amateur and that's the fun of it. The fun of those services is that it is just a person in their house or in their room or at their job or in their car or on the beach doing something silly or fun or funny for a few seconds. That's not what Anchor is. There are people who are talking into their phones or whatever and they think that it's going to uh, be a good show that people want to listen to. Uh, I disagree. Save that stuff for the reels and for the Instagram stories. Podcasts are a wonderful way to put time and effort into something and and make it great. Uh, You know, I'm not, I have spent probably more money than the average podcaster on my setup, but I do this for a living. You can, you know, the the microphone that I was using um, to do my podcast from home is a $99 USB and XLR microphone plugged into my computer and a pair of iPhone headphones, that's all you really need 
to do a podcast, but just throwing that up on Anchor, not making something fun and custom, how will you differentiate yourself? How are those tiny little podcasts going to to rise up? You need to do more, I think. You need to take more time, effort, energy to make something great if you believe in it. And, uh, and, and anyway, that's old fashioned, obviously that's not, that's not reality anymore. Uh, but Robert Curry says talking is not podcasting. Hi, Frankman. I agree. I think that talking is not podcasting. I think talking is talking. And that's mostly what the anchor shows are. Unfortunately is, is not a produced show. It's the difference between cable access TV or, uh, amateur, uh, you know, AM radio in the middle of the night compared to a, a full-budgeted television production or, or radio show. Um, there's a big difference. There's a big difference. Uh, Robert says, or rather, uh, hey, guys, like uh, talking dead air is mic bumping, not someone. Yeah, I agree. Oh, I got to tell you about this pizza. Uh, French chef has topped a pizza with 254 different types of cheeses, breaking the Guinness Book world record. All of the cheeses were reportedly sourced from France. Chef Benoit Bruel, I don't know, I can't speak French, uh, is in Lyon, France. He broke the world record by making a pizza topped with 254 types of cheese. Uh, They verified this. It's been validated as the pizza with the most varieties of cheeses. And... um, he said that he took this as a patriotic challenge as one of the things France is most famous for. It's cheese. So this is all about French cheese. They said that um, he spent two hours weighing out a few dozen grams of each type of cheese. In total, the 12-inch pizza ended up with more than one and a half pounds of cheese on it. Uh, he said that it cost over $1,000 to buy all of the toppings for the pizza. Nothing to do with the other story that I was going to tell you about that I played the wrong video for, which is the um, the thing about the the guys who made their um, pizza. See, now I'm not interested in talking about it. I don't want to even talk about it anymore. Okay, this is another weird story I found on 9to5Mac. Uh, Massive security fail. I see. I'm not a big fan of saying something's a fail. Massive fail. Massive security fail by Apple allowed total remote control of iPhones via Wi-Fi. Have you ever heard about this? A massive security failing by Apple allowed an attacker, an attacker, to take total remote control of iPhones within Wi-Fi range. They'd be able to download all the data on the phone and even activate the iPhone's cameras and microphones to provide real-time spying capabilities. They said this was not just a theoretical risk. Uh, A Google security researcher was able to demonstrate the capabilities by taking control of an iPhone in another room. Uh, This was demonstrated by the Google Project Zero security researcher Ian Beer. Beer, Mr. Beer. He says, the attack is you're just walking along, your phone is in your pocket, and over Wi-Fi, someone just worms in with some dodgy Wi-Fi packets. So there's a big breakdown on Ars Technica about how this actually worked, but you would think that you wouldn't be able to at least to take over a phone without at least getting some physical access to it, but you can. And this is uh, using a networking protocol called Apple Wireless Direct Link, or AWDL. Uh, it lets you do a lot of things. You can send photos or files stored to uh, onto a phone. It's like AirDrop. But apparently, uh, 
the story for this and breaking into it started back in 2018. And, uh, and so this is a problem that I guess they're going to have to fix. So fun work for Apple, uh, in the kind of conspiracy ish theory ish section, um, BBC has an article talking about vaccine rumors being debunked, uh, for example, like there's microchips in there and there's altered DNA in there. Um, you know, there are the concern for me as, as uh, I'm sure for you as well, is that, you know, people who are taking the vaccine will have some kind of, uh, maybe negative reaction to it. There are a lot of things, even flu shots. There are people who get sick from those. So that's a valid concern. This is a new shot. And we don't really know because we haven't done really, really tons of testing if there will be side effects or, or what the side effects might be of this. It, maybe you'll feel sick for a day. Maybe you'll die. Maybe somewhere in between. And when what percentage of people who, uh, who get the vaccine will even have any of these symptoms. And maybe if they do, aren't these some of these symptoms m- maybe worth it so that you don't get uh, COVID at all if you're in uh, the at-risk um, group for that. So you might say, well, I might get a little bit sick, uh, or I might have such and such a side effect, but it's worth it. Cause I won't die from COVID. Um, but other than that, I don't think people have anything to worry about, but there are people who think, uh, for example, that if you, um, if you get this vaccine, uh, which has uh, RNA in it, that's how the vaccine works. Uh, that that will affect your DNA. This is not true. They explain that here in the article. Um, a lot of people think that uh, Bill Gates is putting, you know, microchips or, or nanites and in something in, inside of it. They say no. A lot of people who are worried about vaccines and the conspiracy theory side tend to think that that they're tracking us with vaccines. They're injecting stuff into into our bodies. And that is a pretty interesting theory. And you know me, I like conspiracy theory stuff. Uh, but show me some proof of that. Where's the proof? I uh, Could I believe that they're injecting nanites into us when they give us vaccines? Sure. That might be happening. Just show me the proof. Then we can talk about it. Until you have some kind of proof that it's in there uh, and, and that it's real... I mean, wouldn't it be cool if they had a way to inject something in us that would fight a disease off that was like a little tiny nanite robots? Yeah, I mean, that'd be pretty awesome. I just don't think we're doing it and show me the proof that we are. The article says we're not, uh, so you can read about that. They also talk about uh, fetus tissue claims that that claiming that the vaccines contain the lung tissue of an aborted fetus. That's false. Um, there are no fetal cells used in any vaccine production process, uh, says uh, Michael Head. Michael Head, Doctor Michael Head, of the University of Southampton. Uh, and so this is because there was a step in the process of developing a vaccine that used cells grown in a lab, and the cells are descendants of embryonic cells that would otherwise have been destroyed. Um. So maybe originally there was a cell that came from something like that, but they're not using aborted fetuses to make the vaccine. Exactly. So anyway, 
read about this if you're more interested. The article is going to be in the show notes. The show notes are going to be at dbl.fireside.fm slash eight. Um, so Corey Rupert is saying uh, you could just turn off uh, auto join Wi-Fi networks. I would think so. You have to be on the Wi-Fi network in order for this attack on the iPhone to happen. Um, you know, not, not, not Jake says where it'd be worth whatever the side effects are to get out of quarantine. I think most people are going to agree with you on that one. I think if the chances that you get a headache or something, people like, yeah, that's fine. I'll have a headache for a day and then I can go out in the world. Yes. Um, let's see. Um, so they say, um, oh, let's all go watch 1987 classic Inner Space now. Yeah, they were in Inner Space. I don't want to ruin the movie, but Dennis Quaid gets shrunken down and injected into Martin Short. And it's a good movie. Uh, all right. Um, oh, Biden's got a, a walking boot. You hear about this? Biden's got a walking boot. Um, a pa- there, there's something weird about this story for me. Okay, there's something weird about this. Let's see if this video is actually going to do anything. Well, over the if weekend, it's going to show President Biden Joe in his boot. Hurt his foot while playing with his yeah, dog, they're going to show it. it. Uh, there should be a video if you're watching media, right? showing right now a whole bunch of nothing. Trump, Biden behind a truck. And is this a preview of what's to come? Uh, yeah, Howard this video Fox is horrible. Just show Biden. I don't need a. I don't need an interview talking about that. Thank you very much. Well, Biden's got a boot now. Here's a picture. If you're lucky enough to be watching this on YouTube or Periscope or Twitch, there's Biden in a boot. Apparently, he hurt himself and uh, now needs to wear a, a boot, but he got some kind of little little tiny fracture or something like that. They said it, he was uh, got it from playing with his dog. I mean, that's... That's suspicious to me. I don't. I don't know. Do you, you know the guy is what is he seventy eight? But should you be able to like break your foot by just playing with a dog? That seems weak to me. I want the president of the United States to be a very strong, strong person who doesn't break their f- leg playing with a dog. I don't know. Okay, so here's an update on the story. I don't know if you guys remember this a long time ago, but um, the uh, the owner of the New England Patriots, and I need a little sound effect so I can hit a boo every time we mention the Patriots, um, Robert Kraft took a plea deal. But remember the story that happened, uh, gosh, this was a while back, but apparently he had gone to a massage a massage parlor, I'm doing air quotes, a massage parlor where maybe he got some services that weren't just massage, or maybe they were, we don't really know. But uh, this is an interesting uh, an interesting development in this story. The, the women have pled guilty that there was a sex sting. Uh, Lee Wang, age 41, and Shen Mingbi, 60, each pleaded guilty. And you know what? That's the correct way to say it. Pleaded. It's not pled. You want to say pled, don't you? They pleaded guilty in Palm Beach County uh, to one count of soliciting another to commit prostitution. And basically, there had been 
uh, a misdemeanor charge against Kraft, which they dropped because the video that showed him allegedly paying for sex, they had to throw out all of the video because a county court judge ruled the warrant that allowed the cameras to be installed for this sting operation didn't sufficiently protect the privacy of innocent customers who were there just for legal massages. So if you just said, oh, my shoulder's kind of tight, I got to better go in and get a massage, you got videotaped doing that. And you're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed because they did it in a surreptitious way or a secret way. And, um, and, and so they had to throw out all of that stuff. You would think that law enforcement would have been a little bit better and smarter about that. Uh, it says the four women, Kraft, and two dozen other men were charged in February 2019 in a multi-county investigation of massage parlors that included the installation of video cameras uh, in the Orchids of Asia's lobby and rooms under the ruse that the, a bomb threat required its evacuation. Police say the recordings show Kraft and other men engaging in sex acts with women and paying for them. I always wonder uh, if, if places with names like the Orchids of Asia Day Spa, the Orchids of Asia Day Spa, just, it, sounds, it sounds like things go on in a place like the Orchids of Asia Day Spa that are questionable. Um, you know, you have to, you have to think things go on in a place like that. Like if you, if, if you, if you are worried about something else going on, maybe don't go to a place named the Orchids of Asia Day Spa. But, um, Oh, they're saying I should use Farago from Rogue Amiga, uh, Amoeba for the sound effects. I, I, Ivan, I do use uh, Farago, um, but uh, this is on a, yes, it's on a Windows PC, and Farago doesn't exist for that. So in order to do that, I would have to have uh, this Mac Mini plugged into yet another monitor with a different keyboard and a different mouse in order to control the sound effects. But that's how I've always done the sound effects on all of my shows. Maybe Ivan is new and doesn't remember my uh, days on the frequency or killing time where the soundboard was its own person, but I have some amazing sounds that will be coming back to the show. It's so easy for me to get caught up just playing sounds uh, that you know I've been hesitant to do it. But uh, anyway, this has been our 30 minutes for today. I still, I, I don't know about the name Dan Benjamin Live. Does it confuse you with Dan Benjamin Show, which isn't out yet? Uh, should it be called something different? It has to be good because when this show is a, a multinational empire, uh, I want it to have a good name. I don't want to change it later. Uh, so anyway, there you go. That's all I've got for you today. What is it, Wednesday? It's Wednesday, hump day, they say. So I will be back here tomorrow around the same time. I'm trying to start earlier, but you know how that goes. You know how that goes. You come into work, you've got servers to reboot, you got stuff that you got to do, and uh, you wind up not, uh, not getting in on time. But uh, that about does it for me here today. Um, I hope that all of you have enjoyed it and um, still need your feedback. Hit me up on Twitter, links, stories, topics, things you want me to talk about. I'm at Dan Benjamin over there on Twitter and um, feel free to reach out. That way you can also send me an email, dan at 5x5.tv. You can go to dbl.fireside.fm and click the contact link. But I would love to hear your, love to hear your stories. So that's it. That's all we got for you today. We'll be back 
tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye.